Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show number 17, recorded November 8, 2011. This interview is with Roy Lindemann, CIO and co-founder of Reed Speaker. Roy is a fellow INSEAD alum as well as the COO of the company, my old chum, Joop Heerenrath, who is in my very same old promotion. Reed Speaker is a leader in transforming text into audio, a plug-in for sites and blogs available in 35 languages and 88 different voices. I very much hope you enjoy finding out about this great service. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, and I'm author of the blog, themindset.com. That's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. So let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and thanks for joining the Minter Dialogue radio show. Today, it's the 8th of November. It's in the evening in, the, uh, in a wonderful part of Paris. And I have the pleasure to be with Roy Lindemann. Roy Lindemann is one of several founders of an organization called Reed Speaker, which was founded initially in 1999 by Nicholas Bergstrom up in Scandinavia. So, Roy, would you introduce yourself, please, and explain uh, what is Reed Speaker? Sure. So, um, um, Reed Speaker is a company that was, uh, as you said, uh, originally um, uh, created and founded in Sweden, in the city of Uppsala, which is the, the fourth. Uh, uh, biggest city in, in Sweden. Uh, it's also a big uh, university town. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, founded uh, by Nicholas Bergström, um, uh, followed close by by Fredrik Larsson. Um, and both of them um, had the idea of um, associating the world of sound to the world of internet. Uh, this was back in 1999. And um, so they came up with this idea. To our knowledge, we were the first to do this to use the text-to-speech technology, who had been around for quite a number of years, but apply that specifically to internet websites, uh, so as to provide um, uh, speaking versions of, uh, of websites uh, so that um, people can access websites not only, not only by reading them, but also by listening to them. All right. So, uh, you ha- so with, uh, with ReadSpeaker, tell us how many uh, languages you can translate from and into, uh, into audio. Well, we can we can um, we have 35 languages today, so we're covering most European languages, but also uh, you know Japanese, Chinese, uh, um, Arab, um, um, and other languages. And um, so we ha- we cover 35 languages. We have different flavors of English. For example, we have American English, Indian English, uh, Australian English, uh, Mexican Spanish, Castilian Spanish. And um, we do that in about 70 voices because we have several female and male voices per language. And so uh, we basically have, uh, you know, I'd say almost worldwide coverage with all those, those languages and voices. Definitely covers the big ones. Of course, then I suppose that there might be differences in the Chinese with the northern Chinese, but we're not there yet, right? Is that there is no, just we're still with one Mandarin, I assume. Mandarin and Cantonese, yes. All right, so uh, technically, how does this work? I mean, tell us about your offer. To whom do you sell it, and and how much does it cost? Well, our uh, customers, we're we're business to business. Our customers are, um, uh, can be anything from 
you know, public administration to uh, non-profit organizations to corporate websites to media websites to uh, uh, educational websites. So we cover vast, uh, you know, different types of, of, of companies and organizations. And, uh, and we do this in, you know, in over 35 countries uh, in the world today. And um, we have a software-as-a-service model. Um, so how do we sell this? We sell this um, with a, um, a one-off setup fee and a yearly fee. And um, a big chunk of our sales are done uh, internally. We have our, our own sales team uh, in uh, many different parts of, 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 the, of the world that contact these type of customers, uh, the you know, website owners, mobile app, app, app owners, that can then implement a read speaker. All right, so give us an idea on price. You know, assuming I have a, a regularly sized site, how much is it going to cost me for a year to translate it into a given language? Well, we're talking about an average yearly fee of about uh, you know uh, four to five thousand euros per year. Um, so that's 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 an average you know um, that we have uh, across the different markets where we are. All right, so if you take a look at the, the types of clients uh, and the types of sites you're doing it on, let's say, for example, when you're looking at sites, blogs, forums, uh, institutional sites, do you have a way of dissecting where you see the most usage? Well, uh, a big part of our usage is, is coming increasingly from educational websites because uh, online text-to-speech is a really important part of, uh, of, the, of the value for uh, you know, helping students who might have different types of reading disabilities. Uh, it's really seen as something that's it's kind of indispensable you know, to help uh, students access uh, courses online. And there are more and more courses online. Um, but it's also uh, practical for, you know, uh, comfort um, usages, you know, for people who are on the go, you know, who are commuting, uh, going to work, exercising, that they can be able to listen to online content, which is also increasingly uh, being uh, distributed on smaller and smaller mobile screens. Mm -hmm. So uh, the audio com component is becoming bigger and bigger. To what extent do you see or how do you parallel the world of audiobooks? Well, it's, it's a very complementary, um, you know, uh, area to us because we are more uh, focused on internet content, uh, which is uh, limited in its uh, length. Um, uh, what I was telling you is that we were, we're, we're a software-as-a-service, web-based service, uh, so we instantaneously uh, convert, uh, you know, news, and, and increasingly news is being updated more and more on every type of site. So we do that on the fly, and so that's really our focus, is to help um, content owners who have increasingly, um, you know, um, changing content, text content, mm -hmm. to have an audio equivalent of that um, with immediate um, distribution to the users. Mm -hmm. All right, and so in terms of uh, sectors, you have your, your business clients. Talked about education, so this would be as presumably state, I don't know, universities and so on. Can you tell us about the types of clients, the split that you have, whether it's business, you know, industrial business, government? What, what's, how does it work out? What your, what's your client base look like? Yeah, we we have a big a big chunk of our business is coming from um, the public arena, uh, public websites. So uh, these could be uh, on the local government level, central government level. So we have a big part of our businesses there. Uh, why? Well, because you know, uh, accessible uh, websites. Uh, 
uh, is an important um, uh, thing for them. Uh, we also have uh, an increasing amount of our customers coming from the educational sector, um, non-profit as well, and growing slowly but steadily now more and more in the media space, for example, uh, because... You know, uh, we, we often say that uh, having a, a, a listen button should be as available as having a print or share button. You know, it's, a, it's really something that uh, every single website should have. So I, from a government standpoint or, you know, the, the let's say administration in France where we are sitting, they, they need to render it accessible for presumably almost legal reasons. Is that part of the stimulus? Is that where it comes from legal or is it just a desire to have 100% of the population that has the ability to, to access it? No, more and more countries have laws in place that, uh, you know, especially in the public sector, where uh, websites need to follow um, the accessibility criteria uh, that are, you know, driven by the, the W3C. Uh, they have uh, what's the W3C? The the, the, world, the World Wide Web Consortium, uh, and they have a specific department called the WAI, called the Web Accessibility Initiative, and they have put forward a, a list of criteria, you know, that um, websites should um, uh, follow to have to make their the websites accessible. And ReadSpeaker is part of that overall context, and uh, I would say I would refer to us as being both part of the world of usability and accessibility, vocal accessibility, because uh, you know having the ability to listen to a website is useful for many different types of, of users, uh, people who are visually impaired, dyslectic users, uh, senior citizens, uh, um, you know, people who are foreign-born, um, people who are on the go. So the, the interesting thing with our history is that we started off by being a service which was very helpful to people with, for example, visual impairment and dyslexia. But today we are being approached by um, customers who uh, see us as a useful product for people who are multitasking, for example. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you uh, focus, because a lot of people who listen to the show are more in business, what are the examples or types of businesses that are more prone to want to put in place a read speaker on their site? Well, there are, you know, there are different approaches here. We have businesses that you know, um, are into, very much into so, corporate social responsibility, and I would say we're kind of like an online translation of that. You know, having a, a website with a read speaker on it shows that the, 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 the corporate website is caring about corporate social responsibility. You know? So that's, that's, that's one axis. You do have uh, corporate websites who, uh, who are interested also in increasingly uh, you know, taking into account accessibility also, um, and then you will have, you know, uh, corporate uh, sites in the publishing area, you know, where they really see this as being important in the value chain. You know, having having text to speech uh, part of their uh, of their um, of their content. Does that mean media as well? And media, yeah, media is is a, is a relatively newer segment for us. But you know, uh, media um, uh, groups are really looking at you know distribution of, of their content on tablets, on, on on smartphones, and that also means you know how do you make it practical for people to access the information on these types of devices? Mm -hmm. And the audio is certainly becoming uh, something that they're looking into more and more. All right. Well, we, you talked a little bit before about making things accessible and mobile friendly. Uh, There's an interesting point. Well, what makes for a good read speaker site? How do you make it effective, considering your your technology behind? Well, it, it, it's true that you know if, uh, if a site's been correctly uh, coded and, and and follows the accessibility criteria, 
then a positive knockoff effect of that is that the 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 the, um, the speech enabling of it will be more efficient. You know, because so. because the speaker technology will identify an H1 code or the tags that are within it and then know how to accent it differently, is that right? Well, it will know exactly where to mark the pauses and it will identify an image you know, that has a sense and then uh, speech-enable the, the alt tag which is behind it. So those are just examples you know, of how to render better a, um, a, a website which has been coded uh, from an accessible point of view. Uh, but then there is also the you know the other effects of having an accessible uh, website, which is that it's more SEO friendly and it's also more mobile friendly, and those are also important things as well. For sure. All right. Now, well, just it's a funny thought. I'm sorry about the telephone in the background, but um, you you have an Australian voice, an English voice, an American voice, and these countries have different grammatical rules, or at least some de facto they use differently. Do you adjust for you know poor punctuation or uh, too many commas, or is there just one? St- Standard to the way the grammar is interpreted. No, well, we have you know we have a default uh, general dictionaries per uh, per uh, text to speech uh, language, but then for each one of our customers, we have a um, specific customer dictionary where we can work, and that, that is an asset that builds up over time, where we can work uh, with the customer on improving uh, the quality uh, wherever the text-to-speech has not been uh, efficiently reading out. For example, an acronym, an abbreviation, mm-hmm. you, know, um, um, you know, names of people, of uh, brands, etc., etc. So in some segments, that can be quite important. For example, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, where there's a lot of uh, specific, uh, you know, um, chemical drugs, chemical drugs that, that, that need to be correct spelled out so and that that is uh, we have a specific dictionary per customer and that builds over time mm-hmm. so uh, the quality then uh, is also getting better over time well so. my point was actually more thinking about the the language so like the way the english customary way of speaking might be this way mm-hmm. whereas the americans going to speak like that it's going to have a little more accent and, and maybe less more less or more commas yeah. is there any adjustments made for yeah. the different semantics and 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 syntax, sorry, the languages. Syntax or the prosody is really part of the, the text-to-speech engines, and those evolve over time to, to, to take that into account better and better. But we do also, we can also, uh, with our system, have we have rules where we can say, okay, uh, the way this website is structured, we can implement a rule for it to uh, mark a, a pause systematically after this type of punctuation, a double pause, for example. So the, we can really, under the hood, try to um, customize the way the, 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 the website, the page is being read out. I mean, in my world, thinking about Google SEO, it's for sure good to have properly spelled words, because if they're misspelled, I mean, unless that's your desire, then you won't be found. So you need to have good spelling. And it strikes me as a second reason to write correctly in terms of write or grammar and punctuation is to help with read speakers. That would be a fair interpretation? Sure. And actually, uh, it's funny because sometimes... uh, um, uh, by speech enabling a, a, a site, then um, the, 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 the contributor, the owner, immediately sees, oh, well, this, I, I've been... Yeah, exactly. So it's quite a, a good revelator, you know, uh, in terms of uh, uh, how well the, the, the text has been, uh, has been um, um, written, actually. Yeah, I can imagine. All right, so um, let's talk about a couple of your features and functions that you put on. Uh, one of them is Audiomobile. What is, what is Audiomobile? 
So Ojo Mabala is a uh, is a programming library for um, uh, uh, mobile app developers who want to integrate speech uh, uh, into their mobile application. You know whether it's an iPhone app or an Android app, um, but it's uh, still using the same uh, you know technology in terms of a we're, we're a server based solution. So it will always you know we always host the service the the text to speech engine and the engines that we use to um, to make text-to-speech intelligent on, on mobile apps, uh, mobile websites and, and websites is the same, is that we host the technology so um, for all of our customers they only need to implement a one-off uh, you know, bit of code. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of the same reasoning as when you put a tracking code like Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. You do that once, it takes you very little time, and then once you've done that, your job is over as a website owner. Right. It's the same thing with us. Uh, you know, the, the website owner, the mobile app owner will, will tag his website or mobile app with our technology, and then once that's done, you know, uh, we host the service. We're, we're a fully web-based service. And we then, um, you know, uh, convert uh, the text in, into audio. Okay, so here's where I, my aha. You have the, the, the website readable on a screen. The MP3 comes in. Now uh, I'm making my site web-friendly. So I have a, a web, uh, sorry, a mobile, sorry, mobile-friendly. I have a mobile version of my website. And then there's the app version. Yeah. So is that transparent in the, on the web-surfing version? And then, it's, then you have to make something specific when you do an app. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's uh, it's just a, a different uh, programming library. We have specific for for apps, which is different to the way we speech enable websites and mobile websites. Okay, I got it. All right, now you have another one. Um, it's called embedded highlighting. Can you tell us about what the, what is embedded highlighting? Yeah, embedded highlighting is uh, it, it reinforces a better understanding of the text because at the same time that uh, ReadSpeaker you know reads out uh, the, the the text content, it will highlight it at the same time. Um, and this highlighting is uh, very useful, uh, especially, for example, for people who suffer from dyslexia, because it will um, really help them uh, identify what is being read out on the page. So the user can uh, decide which setting he wants. Does he want it to be highlighted on a word-per-word -word basis? So then it will, you know, um, at the speed of the text-to-speech, it will then highlight word-per-word. And he can do that on a per sentence basis or word and sentence. So it's it's a it's really um, useful feature that helps uh, end users, you know, um, have a better you know understanding of the text that's being read out. Yeah. So it sounds like it's quite good in educational environments as well. Sure. I mean, in educational environments, it's a, it's a, it's a must-have feature, which is really appreciated a lot. All right. So um, you guys are specialized in taking text and creating it into audio. I love that. And like it, the fact that we can on the go in the car listen to what we'd like to read. Um, what about the other way around? Is that somewhere you're interested in, you know, text to audio, sorry, audio to text or video to text or, or any of the other things you're interested in or is that, is that too far off? I think it's, it's, you know, we see ourselves very focused on, on online text-to-speech. Um, obviously it's something, you know, we also look at, you know, how... Uh, um, you know, voice recognition uh, works. Uh, it's something that's very uh, complementary to what we do. So, you know, we, it's something that we, you know, we're always uh, monitoring. You know, uh, that plus also translation services, obviously. And um, and who knows one day if it's a partnering opportunity that we would like to get into. It's I would say we're looking at it more at that level for now. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, I, you know, I'm a blogger. I'm always looking for ways to get my site to be more read. 
And so I look at SEO techniques and what are the ways to, you know, eventually without gaming it particularly, but make my site potentially rise up. Is, is it something that you believe that Google might take into consideration? If my site has a, a text-to-audio feature, will that be something that Google look friendly on? How do you evaluate that? That's that's kind of the, the nirvana to to have that kind of uh, approach from Google, and you don't know, you know, in the in their algorithm changes, what do they take into account or not? But I would say, in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, I would um, certainly, uh, from a Google point of view, put more emphasis and more, uh, let's say, weight, positive weight, on websites. Who do uh, you know try out uh, different techniques and te you know and technologies to help get you know give users better access to to content? So uh, I would see that as a positive signal that um, you know that um, that um, uh, search engines should take into account. But uh, but then again, I'm not a part of Google, and I don't know how they build their algorithms and what do they take into account. But uh, it would make it would be logical, I think, from uh, from uh, an accessibility point of view, also to take into account these types of, of technologies. Well, from what we were speaking about before, it sounds that uh, getting the right tagging and making it accessible for the accessibility story also has benefits for ReadSpeaker. And ultimately, of course, in any event, it's good when you have a better structured site, good grammar, and everything else is better for everyone's experience, as well as SEO. So it makes sense for everybody, it seems. So, um, Roy Lindemann, I appreciate the time with you. I need uh, one last question for you. How do we track you down if we want to get ReadSpeaker on? Give us your details. You can find us on uh, www.readspeaker.com, and uh, you'll you know you, you'll find everything hopefully there that will help you you know uh, get into contact with us. Splendid, Roy. Thanks very much for the, uh, taking time out this evening. Tell us all about ReadSpeaker in a very audio fashion. <laughs> this is this has been recorded for real. <laughs> thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Radio Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails.
My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.